It is Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan, the happiest man on planet Earth, is along for the ride as well. Boy, do we have a ton to get to today. I, but I want to start with this, and it's it's a serious thing. It has been a crappy year for the Detroit Tigers and for Javi Baez, who is their prize free agent signing in the offseason. I do want to give him the proper shout-out. He is supporting the people in his homeland of Puerto Rico by giving them hot meals to those most affected by Hurricane Fiona. Just a tip of the cap. This is not the first time he's done stuff when things have gone wrong down in Puerto Rico. I just, with as much as is going on in the sports world and the baseball world, the home run chases and milestones and all that, just sometimes take a second. I know it hasn't gone Javi's way. I'm so appreciative of what he is doing. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that um, one, let's try to link any links here in the YouTube portion if we can, yep. Dan. And two, um, you know, I say it all the time about ball players. They're humans. They come from places. <laughs> like So he wants to give back to his community in a, in a dire time. And I think, yeah, it should be applauded. And like you said, it isn't the first time that he's had to do it. And um, Javi's a guy you can root for, for sure. Yep. No question. Well done, Javier Baez. This is, however, a baseball show. And so something we've been following for months, ever since we thought it was possible, was Aaron Judge and the pursuit of 60. And rarely, rarely, Trevor Plouffe, will a walk-off Grand Slam ever get pushed to the back of the line. But that's what happens when somebody in pinstripes turns 60. And here's the 3-1. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Slide over, babe. You've got some company. Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. You know, I kind of joked around with, with Matt Carpenter earlier in the year. I think he had two homers in a game or something like that, and he got a curtain call. I was like, man, I've been here for six years. I've only got one curtain call, you know? So I guess it takes I guess it takes hitting 60 to get another one. But I loved everything about it. What was your reaction when it happened? I was just giddy, man, because, you know, I know that like 98 is kind of tarnished, but I was that was in the, my prime of being a baseball fan. I just remember the joy I felt during that race. Um, everybody across the U.S. was talking about it. And to see Judge kind of enter that stratosphere, I told you, man, as soon as it got to like 58, 59, his, everything is must watch for him. And um, I just I honestly got chills. It was a very cool moment, and I'll tell you what made it even cooler. If this was a homer to make it 8-5 and the Yankees end up losing, we still celebrate it. It's awesome. We congratulate Will Crow for throwing a pitch to him like that, you know. Uh, but like he's done all season, it seems like Judge sparked the Yankees. So totally. after the game when Boone's like, you know, that was – that was our spark. And then Stanton comes up and just absolutely obliterates a baseball too, dude. Like that thing had a dent in it, but I love that. It's now part of a brilliant Yankees comeback because it kind of encapsulates what he has been doing for them all year long. He's been picking them up when they're down and kind of put them on the back. So, uh, and he handled it so classy and, and all his post game remarks were perfect. He's just, We've talked about it before, Chris. He's perfect for New York, man. Perfect. And even the dude perfect. that gave him a ball back was like, please, sir, just come back. You mean so much to the organization. Everyone knows it. So, Yankees. 
don't mess this one up, man. Well, I am thankful that Stanton hit that walk off grand slam because I wanted Aaron judge to be able to enjoy what he has accomplished. And I could have seen him if they had lost eight to five going, yeah, you know what it is. It's great. I'm really happy, but we didn't get the win because that's how that's literally how he's programmed. He is so Jeter esque in that, that I really believe all he wants to do is win and he will do whatever he can to help his squad get there. Um, and so I was just happy for him that he got to enjoy this. Like you could see him. It was almost like there was a little bit of a relief that shit. We came back and won so that I could smile, you know, because I think that if you were to hook him up to a lie detector, because he's been so even keel about this whole thing, like isn't 60 pretty damn cool. I think he'd be like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> But I think that served him well, that that mentality, yeah. that attitude. You know, I've been around some home run chases before where like or, you know, searching for, you know, whatever milestone hit like it just becomes like it's all about that. Uh, but when you have that mentality, like, you know what? I'm good enough. The numbers will be what the numbers will be. I got to go out there and try to get to the postseason because in the end that gosh. I think that's the most important thing. I don't know, man. Like 60 home runs is pretty important too, but the way he's treating it is the right way. He's, he is in a, in a sense, taking the pressure off of himself and saying we're a team and we're going to win this game together. So I think it's, it's a great mentality to have not only, you know, for sound bites and, and it's what fans want to hear, but I think it's, it's helping his process. Like he's let's stick to the routine. Let's just go about this like a regular game. Because once you start like honing in on homers, like you can have some mechanical issues and you might start opening up or whatever it may be. I think this is a, a great way for him to think about it. And I think, I hope baseball fans are enjoying the ride as much as Yankee fans are. Let's be honest here. The Yankees aren't going to catch the Astros for the one seed. Nobody's going to catch any, no other AL East team is going to catch the Yankees for the division. So do, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Don't. This is what I would say. Whether you're a Yan Yankee fan or not a Yankee fan, enjoy him for who he is, what he represents, what he's all about, and most importantly, what the hell he is doing on a diamond. This is only the ninth time in a season we've ever seen 60. You could say that, Bonds's was tarnished. You could say that Sosa's, you could say Maguire's. That's fine. You could say, I didn't, I don't know anything about Roger Maris. I'm not even sure Babe Ruth existed. Like you can say whatever you want about all that stuff. This is one we should all feel good about. This is why we watch sports is for greatness and to be achieved by a dude who is easy to root for. That's what I would say. Okay. I just looked at my calendar. <laughs> No more off days for the Yankees. Like nope. they play through and they have a doubleheader on October 4th. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two things. One, does judge get an off day in any of those games? And two, if he does, do they, the Yankees like put that out? Like if he's, people are coming to see this guy, I guess they yeah. won't do that, but they probably should. Uh, I'm curious to see how Boone handles this because is he just going to give judges many chances to hit as many homers as possible? Or is he saying like, you're thinking like you're thinking like we already, we have the second uh, wild or the second seed locked up. I guess they have a few off days then. I don't know, man. My head's spinning well, right do. now. So the, no, yeah. that's the thing is that they'll have the last day of the season is, is that Wednesday. So it's two weeks from today. 
they will have the entire weekend off. So you're going to want to have him stay as sharp as possible. So you so think, I it's think that will every game besides maybe one of the doubleheader days? Yeah, but even then he might DH. But yeah, I think he right. I think he wouldn't play in one of those doubleheader games. Um is my guess. That that might be the only one. I think everything else he's going to be playing. That's just my 15 thought. games uh, left. 15 games yeah. left. Seven homers in that? Could he do it? 67? I don't. That sounds like a lot. I think if he got to 65, that would be amazing. But okay. but it does get us to the other part of this equation. Just very quickly, 20-year-old Michael Kessler is the guy who got the ball. Let's start with this. I don't know if you've seen the Instagram video of the home run scrum. For the... No, I haven't. Holy shit. Y'all better wear, like, hazmat suits or, you know, something in there because that it, if that's the way it looked for 60, I can't imagine what 62 is going to look like. I told, I, we've been saying this on this show. Put that thing in your pocket, walk away, don't show it to anybody. But uh, he deserves a shout-out. Him and his boys deserve a shout-out for, yep. you know, kind of how they handled the situation. They just totally. wanted to meet Judge. They wanted to express their gratitude for what he's done for the organization. And I think they even told him, Hey man, you got to stick around, please. That's the only thing I want is for you to be back next year. That's a pretty good ask. I like that one. Especially since the the ball was being supposedly could have been sold for a hundred grand. We don't know what the number would have been, but it's six figures to a 20 year old hell six figures to a 51 year old. Hey, he's, he's a ball player. Ball players are good people. I guess so. For the most part. Really cool. (laughs) There's a few. By the way, uh, one last point. Aaron Judge now leads all the Triple Crown categories in the American League. Oh, by the way, (laughs) this is just a throw-in. All right, let's move on. Braves win, and with the Mets besting the Brewers last night, the NL East lead remains one game. But by New York beating Milwaukee, Atlanta clinched its fifth straight playoff appearance, so congratulations to the champs. In your opinion, doesn't it feel like Atlanta could mirror what the Dodgers have done over the last decade by making basically punching their ticket to October with relative ease? Doesn't it feel that way? It does. Um, I'm, I'm cautious to say that because, you know, what the Dodgers have done is just really incredible. But if you look at the roster that the Braves, has, you, Braves have, you can surely envision that. You know, they have a lot of people locked up, like six of the position players are locked up through 2026 or whatever it is. So many more seasons to come. I think the biggest thing for organizations to be able to continue to push their ticket to the postseason is to be able to continue to develop pitching because guys are going to get hurt. We They have a nice stable right now. Okay. Max Fried isn't a free agent until 2025. Strider just came up. Uh, Kyle Wright's been great. Soroka hopefully can figure some stuff out. But you have to continuously keep pumping pitchers out from your organization because as we've seen with the Dodgers this year, they've been able to deal with injuries because of the depth that they have. So they have to continue to do that. And if they do, yeah, I don't see any problem. I see the Mets obviously being in their way because they're going to be a team that is never going to lack of resources and payroll. So like they're going to be able to do that on that side. Um, But yeah, I mean, they're about as close to the Dodgers, them in Houston, as we have right now in the game. So the, the I think the difference is um, the other teams in their division. In the NL West, yeah, the Giants had a remarkable run of 107 wins last year. And in 10, 12, 14, they lifted the trophy, which is great. But since then, they've been a little up and down organizationally, the Giants. 
and they've been the second most stable team in the NLS, right? The Padres, we look at them, we're like, oh, they spent a ton of money, 300 million to Tatis, 300 million to Machado, 144 to Hosmer, but they haven't always made the right decisions, and it hasn't worked out. Colorado and Arizona are perpetually spinning their wheels. Um, but in the NL East, the Mets aren't going to go anywhere because of ownership. And the Phillies, I know they haven't been to the playoffs in over a decade, but they're still going to spend money. And they're going to, so you just never know. I, I think that's the one difference I would say between the Dodgers and the Braves. I love what the Braves have done. Love it. It's just that the elements around them might impact their ability to essentially rubber stamp October every year. I disagree a little bit there on the divisions. I think that's a little bit of recency bias. I don't think Philly's set up for the long haul. I think we talked about this. They're in, they're in win now mode. I know they have Bryce Harper for a long time, but like, mm -hmm. I don't know if their organization is like, we might see some big fluctuations there with that. So I, I, I get it. Like we're looking at the West division now and it doesn't look great. Um, but the Diamondbacks have some young players coming. I think the Giants are going to spend. I think they have a bunch of money to spend. Apparently, they're going to go they after do. Aaron Judge. Uh, the Padres have a lot of players locked up. So I think that division is going to be tough. The Dodgers are just they're just so much better for the reasons we talk they about. Like so They just have better. depth. That's the biggest thing, man, is being able to draw upon from your organization uh, when you have health issues. And then not only that, like, you know, they – they can still go out into free agency and do what they have to do. They can still make trades because they develop dudes and they have a, a, a nice farm system. So uh, the Dodgers are just on a completely different planet, but dude, yeah, like the Braves and, and Houston are, are on the coattails. So we are inching closer. We're what about six weeks away from the fall classic, something like that. And speaking of fall, that crispness is in the air, which means you got to start thinking about fall clothing, winter clothing, and how about getting yourself some jeans? That's right. Mm. Baseball Today presented by our friends over at Muggsy Jeans. Mm. Today, I want you to head over to Muggsy.com. Use the code BASEBALL. You're going to get 10% off the entire site for the most life-changing comfort in terms of jeans. I have told you about these before. The, the fabric that they've got, it goes with you. So if you're in a bad spot with your body, Maybe things aren't working out. Maybe you haven't been working out. So I want you to do yourself a favor. Go to Muggsy.com. Use the code word baseball. Get 10% off the entire site. I promise you, you will be feeling great. We continue hey, on. Hey. Yo. Yo. They don't just have jeans. They got a lot of awesome stuff. I'm on the website right now. What do you got? Jackets, uh, chinos, swim shorts, Ooh. joggers, whatever you need. And it is super Ooh, comfortable like and super fashionable. I uh I'm gonna put an order in today. There's like this this uh denim jacket that's like tan, like khaki. Pair nice. that thing with like a white tee and some black jeans, white shoes. Oh, I like the way you're thinking. Yes, but use the code word, use the code word baseball. Yes. Okay, you get 10% off. Hell yeah. I'll tell you what. You can feel great in your Muggsy, whatever you're wearing. I was feeling great last night because the Cleveland Guardians took the first of a three-game set, a key one on the south side of Chicago. They win it in extras with their 27th win, their league-leading 27th win in their final at bat. The Guardians now have a five-game lead over Chicago. It's essentially six because they just won the season series and the tiebreaker as well. Mr. Plouffe, you're always good at this. 
Are you ready to declare the central to the Cleveland Guardians with two weeks to go? I think I am. I think I'm because we were texting last night. You you told me you're not ready, which is just ridiculous. You have this thing about Cleveland sports. You need to relax on that, okay? Um, here's just the straight up numbers: fifteen games left. If Cleveland plays seven and eight, so sub five hundred baseball, the Chicago White Sox would have to go thirteen and two. Now, is that possible? Sure, but Cleveland got a bunch of dogs on that team my goodness watching them come back lose the comeback go ahead again it was just like they don't stop you're totally right about that and there was that one at bat it was Deacon versus straw and and i i, I text you i was like i can't believe the pitch call there it was, a, it was like a one-two slider but Deacon had gone inside on him twice and had him raise his hands both times for called strikes okay what that tells you is he ain't seeing that pitch he's probably looking out over the plate and now for me, you got to go back in with that pitch because the only way he's going to get to it is, is if he's absolutely cheating to that one specific pitch. And when you're down one, two, you don't want to leave the outer part of the zone exposed. So you're not going to do that. Deekman flipped him up a slider. He was looking out over the plate, but because you slow the ball down, you increase, you know, what do they call it? You know, say so speed your bat up, pull his hands in, easy. Sack fly at the least right there ends up pulling a double. It was it was a crazy game, man. Um, but everything that you say about Cleveland kind of happened last night in that game. Just don't give up, work at bats, make the defense make plays. Like they won it last night, bro. Well, I'm not going to say they want it yet. I uh, just want to clean something up. Both teams have 14 games left. So Cleveland okay. plays 500 ball. Chicago would have to go 13 and one. Why didn't you tell me that last night when I texted you that? Well, because at the time there were still 15 games to go because they were they hadn't won yet. Yeah. So I didn't want to stop you. Um, you were on a roll. Regardless, here's the thing I like about the Cleveland Guardians. One of the many things. Emmanuel Classe has been as good a reliever as there's been in baseball. He and Diaz have been phenomenal. Cleveland took a 5-3 lead. Classe comes out. Now, granted, there's already a runner on second because of extra innings. But he gave up the lead, and it went to 5-5. I think the youngest team in the league, when their unhittable dude gives up a couple of runs, which hasn't happened very much this year, they could have folded. Yeah. They could have. Instead, they put up a five spot in the next frame. A five spot. And all you had to see was the difference between the teams. Cleveland runs hard. They run every 90 feet. I know it sounds a little little league-ish, but it's the only way that they can win. Beating out infield hits, taking the extra 90 feet. And while they're doing that, the other team isn't even covering bases on stolen base attempts and letting runs score. That's the difference between the two teams. One of them is tuned in every play, and the other team hasn't been tuned in at all this year. That's a huge difference. And I don't know how Cleveland's going to do in the playoffs if they get there, because I don't know if this style can work long-term in an October run, but I'm sure he's hell excited to find out. I think it can work. Why couldn't it work? I mean, the playoffs are sometimes where offenses go to die, you know, especially when you're reliant on some big hits, uh, being able to grind out at bats like that is a, is a perfect postseason recipe, dude. And I want to say yeah. this, Elvis Andrews, you, you put a target on your back 
but I think he answered the bell a little bit. Like the way he's been totally. playing lately, he's been going off. And even in the game last night, I know he did, he ended up uh, was a fielder's choice. Uh, he did drive in a run, then he stole a base. Like he he made totally. things happen. He scored on a Braves uh, hit, which was an, another excellent AB against Class A there. But uh, just a little bit short. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this: are. if Cleveland ends up winning this, and we're going to have to talk about if the White Sox get eliminated eventually, that is going to be a topic one day about where this organization goes. Because you watch them play, there's not a lot of juice there, man. There's not a lot of excitement. It's a lot of really talented players that have come up short. They're not the only team this year, and I'm not here to pick on them. But I think that a lot of people, if you watch enough of their games, you sit there and you question, do they have the right guys everywhere? I'm not just talking about the field. I'm talking about the dugout, and I'm talking about in the executives' chairs. I think it's something to look forward to. Hey, let's move if, on. If yeah, if Cleveland if Cleveland ends up not winning the Central, I am giving every person that roots for a Cleveland sports team the chance to change cities and root for a different city. Okay, not what we do. It's not <laughs> what we do. That is not what we do. However, Fine. I'll let you complain as much might, as you want, bro. I might check myself into a rehab facility. Woo! That happens. You might have, it might be you and Dan Rourke or Rob Scirocco bringing everybody baseball today throughout the month of October. So please don't even put that in my brain. Let's move on to Philadelphia, which understands pain in the sports world. They scored 11 on Tuesday and still got blown out. Uh, But with Milwaukee's loss, they still have a two and a half game lead for that final wild card spot. And they won the season series against the Brewers. So that's fine. But how uneasy should Philly fan feel right now? Not too uneasy, uh, to be honest with you. It's not like you're dealing with a surging Milwaukee team. I mean, they've been middling all year long. And you're used to giving up a bunch of runs. I kind of went and did a little statistical research, Chris. Okay, use my high school education. They've given up more than 10 runs 12 times this year. They They can give up some runs. Guess how many the Dodgers have given up over 10 or 10 or over? I'm going to guess twice. Once. Oh, my gosh. All the good teams don't give up that many runs, okay? Uh, but they're used to it. This is kind of – it's fine, okay? Things like this are going to happen. I, we know Toronto has an incredible offense. It was on display last night, unfortunately, against our guy Gibby a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like bad. I said, if if Milwaukee was surging and you're and you're taking these L's, I think – have they lost five in a row? Milwaukee? No, uh, no Phillies. They, no, uh, yes, because they, they ended up getting swept one, two, three, four, five. Yes, but they you just kind of got a... they won five in a row before that and seven of eight. Interesting. Well, you just got to be thankful that Milwaukee isn't, like I said, going strong right now. Yeah, I think they still have a very, very good chance of making the playoffs. It looks like both of my World Series teams are just like not gonna, it's just not gonna happen for yeah. me. Um, you're not happy. You're not happy about where you're at with the Phillies right now, especially with this little losing streak. But like I said, I don't think you have to be too worried because Milwaukee just isn't taking care of business. Right. I let's start with the big picture here for Philly, right? They've got the longest playoff drought in the national league. 2011 was the last time they punched their ticket. So just don't look at it as the, I can't, I'm not here to tell Philly fan how to look at it, but if I were a Philly fan, I would say, okay, let's just get to the playoffs. Let's cross that one off of our list. Even in the pandemic-shortened season where it felt like every team made it to the playoffs after 60 games, they didn't make it that year. 
So just make it to October and then deal with it. If you're the sixth seed and you have to play the Cardinals, okay. Are you telling me that with Bryce Harper, that lineup, and a pitching staff that includes Zach Wheeler, who's returning today for the first time in a month, this is a big deal for him, and Aaron Nola, that you guys can't win two out of three games against a team like the Cardinals? Of course you can. So feel good that even though you've hit a little bit of a skid here, that nobody's back there gaining ground. Just get to October and then deal with it. Then deal with the rest of the madness. That's all. Freaking Milwaukee. I know. It's disappointing. It is. Because they're good guys. They're a good organization. Just kind of hit the shitter. Mm. All right. Let's move on to this. We started the show with Aaron Judge. Let's end it, but from a different angle. I was checking out the Twitterverse yesterday. Adam Sandler tweeted at Aaron Judge, we love you, pal. You are incredible. We are all having the best time watching you. Thank you. That was really cool. I loved it. Who would you be super stoked to have tweet something at you? Dua Lipa? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Pearl Jam follows me on Twitter. I think that's like the coolest Who thing. Who does? Pearl Jam. And like I realize it's probably just like whoever runs their social team. But in my mind, okay, it's that's like good. Pearl Jam, the band, is like wants to know what I'm saying on Twitter. So I've always thought that was really cool. Um, I got into a little on the opposite side of all this. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me look something up real quick. On the opposite side of all of this, Chris, I once got yelled at on Twitter by someone I really liked. Okay. So I was in Minnesota and I was complaining on Twitter about the current state of the rap game. I said, you know, there's just not a lot of good rap coming out. I, I prefer like, you know, some of the early nineties stuff, some of that, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of just saying dumb stuff. Anyways, this, this uh, artist atmosphere, they're based out of Minneapolis. They're like a, they're a hip hop. It's a hip hop artist starts coming at me. And I listened to atmosphere in high school. I was a big fan of theirs. I even had like a God loves ugly sticker, which is one of their albums on my like binder. And he just ripped me one telling me like, you don't know what you're talking about. Stick to baseball. You know, you, you like, you're not paying attention kid. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I didn't mean it like that. So I've had some bad interactions as well. I would love it if a fellow Clevelander maybe just said, Hey, listen, thanks for making our hometown proud. Followed your career for a long time. You've done a great job. Go Browns, go Guardians, go Cavs, signed Halle Berry. I'm not asking for much. Just, you know, our heads are probably in the same running space. the same. Yeah, we run in the same circles. So, Halle, if you're listening today and you want to give me a shout out on Twitter, go, just feel free. Nothing should hold you back from it. It's up to you. Up to you. Halle Berry for sure knows what? who you are. Everybody knows who you are. That's like the really Definitely. funny thing. If you really think about it, Chris, like yeah. everybody knows Chris Rose. Not true. Halle Berry definitely does not know who I am. You don't think Halle Berry's ever watched Battle Bonds before? I'm going to guess no. Of course she has, um, bro. You don't you don't understand what it's like to just like sit around, you know, especially back in the day before everyone was on their phone all the time. Put on the TV, best damn sports shows on all the time. Battlebots on all the freaking time, dude. You're everywhere. 
she never came on best damn sports show period that was one we mm, that's one we missed what do you have coming up on john boy media today what's today wednesday yeah we have an episode of talking baseball out with uh nice. jerry blevins we had a good talk good. about playoff runs and atmospheres and what the clubhouse needs to look like uh, jerry went over some of his experiences and uh, i thought it was a really cool conversation just to like get in the playoff mindset uh, and then we drafted all of we drafted four rounds of playoff teams and we have a point system so we're going to see who scores the most points every playoff victory is one point mm. so we did that okay. Great episode, like fun that. episode. Jerry's great, uh, so go check it out. In fact, Jerry's so good, he will be in your chair tomorrow. And then Steve Berthume, the voice of the Arizona Diamondbacks on television, will be taking your place on Friday as you have a little bit How do you say his last name? Steve Berthume. Steve Berthume. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as Rose Rotation, Tyler Glass now episode is out. And uh, it, right after we're done here, I'm going to be taping one with Austin Hedges, which will be released on Thursday. He's always a blast. He's got a lot yes. to lot to talk about. Could be really, really fun. Uh, Want to let everybody know we've got our merch. I got my new Baseball Today t-shirt. Floofy's wearing his John Boy hat. Where do we get this? John Boy Media. Shop.johnboymedia.com. Thank you very much for cleaning it. There's good a work. lot of good stuff on there. Not just a lot you know, of good stuff. support your favorite podcast, your favorite show, but also some of these J and essential things are really cool. I get compliment all the time on the stuff that yep. I wear all the time. Brady wears it in high school. All his buddies are like, where do I get that? Brady tells him he wants a cut of the pie. Of course. Uh, so for our outstanding producer, Dan Rourke and Trevor Plouffe, whom we will definitely miss over the weekend, but you'll be back on Monday's show. Blevins in his chair tomorrow. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.